PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. How you doing? Uh, I got vaccinated. Drew's partially vaccinated, so we brought the studio audience back in here. We we now have an audience of 250 chilling with us here in the Crespedisa studio. How you doing, Drew Sakagra? Doing. I mean, it's- 250 what? Fleas? 250 bacterium? I mean, and- however however people at home want to want to imagine that particular scenario as we float out here on international waters now that the you know, sa- sailing's available rats. again. That's what it is. You know what? You know we're getting rid of one plague only to start another one. That could Chris. be. It. That could be it. And it could be. You know, what's a what's a plague without seasons? There's got to be ebbs and flows. You know, I mean, we, we got to enjoy the downtime now and then bring in the apocalypse, the Drewpocalypse. You're all about the Drewpocalypse. I mean, why not? When's it coming? Any day now. We're waiting, Drew. I'm not, I'm not up to... Uh, We're waiting on you now, Drew. I, I have very little control over when this thing actually happens. You know, that's that's what Damien said uh, before before the 666... Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm waiting. I don't man. think I actually saw the if, omen. If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. I'm you think so? Sure. Yeah. It, maybe it's... I'm uh, not pushing 40. Dude, if the Antichrist is... I mean, the Antichrist is supposed to come to power fairly young age. L'Age du Christ would be 33, so maybe the one for the devil inverted 66? Oh, that's a that's a really old antichrist. <laughs> so, so you're, you're ornery and like, oh, this sucks. I should well, have been years ago. I mean, in that case, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's already been Dick Cheney. Oh yeah, no, I don't, know, I don't know what he is. He's one of the horsemen. He's he's, he's one of the <laughs> is horse, he war. He, yeah, he's whatever the war horse is. <laughs> that fat, gross piece of shit. Ugh, guys, we're talking movies, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, here we go. It's episode 434. I'm going to take a sip of my drink because my throat hurts a little bit from that dab. That was some purple punch. That purple punch, I got purple punch in the face just now. You got purple punch and purple punch? Is it double oh, no, punch? That, no, that's a, a cranberry cranberry fizz, lemon fizz cocktail cran thing that I, uh, <laughs> that I concocted. Okay. Okay. It's a drink that never ends. As it gets towards the bottom, I just <laughs> yeah. add more of something, something to it. Yeah, depending so. on the time of day, yeah. what I have to do. Anyway, uh, saw a couple movies. New movies came out on streaming services. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked to see what was playing in theaters. There's like, there are some movies, but nothing big or like, oh man, I, I can't wait to go see that. It's mm-hmm. all like, uh, I don't know. So, just watched uh, 
I saw. Let me see if you've seen either of these. Did you watch any, any new movies this weekend? Yeah. Did you see Without Remorse? Yes. Did you see The Mitchells versus The Machines? Didn't watch that one. Okay, let me talk about that first to get it out of the way. Netflix, Mitchells v. Machines, mm-hmm. MVM. Yeah. It's a Lord Miller yeah. production written, directed by uh, some some other dude or whatever. But it still feels like a Lord Miller jam where it's very unique and original. It Whoever wrote it, it's definitely like that person's story of their family, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And uh, I think it's quite good. It's definitely good. Definitely good for families. It's definitely very 2020 in terms of uh, the style of it, uh, even incorporating... Um, like jokes, like meme jokes that would be you would see in like on TikTok videos mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, um, uh, like real quick flashes of it too. It's a very hyperactive movie at times, which then makes it when it's an hour and fifty minutes, it feels like oh, this is a, <laughs> a bit long. This is a bit much. Even under two hours, this feels like this movie is a little long. And it also has a Lord of the Rings thing where um, it ends like the the Mitchells v Machines, right? So uh, the movie ends when the Mitchells win. The spoiler yeah. alert: we know what's going to happen in these goddamn movies. And then it ends again when, like, the family makes up, or, you know, the family arc is resolved. Okay, yeah. And then it's, like, directed by. And then another <laughs> scene, and it ends again when it's, like, one year later, and all this stuff is happening. Like, yeah, just, just end the movie. Yeah, okay, no, can't, can we just not. end the movie? Nope. And it's not like those subsequent scenes are bad or anything, but it's just like, yeah, this could have been 10, 20 minutes shorter, maybe. Uh, and maybe it have been better. I liked it. Didn't give me the same, like, oh, my God, feeling of a Lego movie. No. Or uh, first time we saw Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, maybe no. something like that. Well, Jump Street. Well, well, it's because there's there's no monkeys ripping out gummy bears' hearts. That's crazy shit, man. There's no Lego Batman. Well, but there are things in. So those things aren't in Mitchell's vs. Machines, but it does have their own versions of oh, some of those things. crazy yeah. little bits. There are for sure jokes here and there that I enjoyed. I think maybe what hurt it the most, at least for me, would be the vague commentary on technology. Oh, yeah. Okay, because it is Mitchell's vs. Machines. It's a right. Rise of the Machines scenario. It's a, what it, What did my brother call it? It's I, Robot, meets a, a, uh, something else. Something with the uh, a family. Goofy movie. Okay. Goofy movie meets I, Robot is all okay. this movie is, okay? Yeah. And, uh... Is it the Leaning Tower of Cheesa? I forgot about the Leaning Tower of Cheese. How can you forget about Polly Shore? Because, uh, I haven't seen that animated, movie since animated the 90s. Disney Duck. Chris, Polly Shore, Shore was so popular. Is Disney canon. He was so goddamn popular. He's Disney canon. But was he just Polly Shore? In there? I mean, he was just a dog version of Polly Shore. He was a dog version of Polly yeah. Shore. He was, he was like Barky Shore or something. Yeah, still. Um, yeah. But Polly, Polly Shore is Disney canon. It's, it's amazing how popular he was. He had multiple movies that he was the lead in. How did that happen? Multiple. How did that happen? Multiple. Multiple. And, and they made money. The first couple did. Son-in-Law <laughs> made some money. Biodo made money. And Cino Man definitely made money. That's also Brendan Fraser, too. And Sean Astin's a real lead. No. Yeah, Sean Astin. How was he a lead in stuff, anyway? He, he's come back to be... He's come back around into the zeitgeisty. No. That's for sure. Brendan Fraser, too, has gotten some work. He's coming back around a bit. Paulie Shore is still out there just doing the, the comedy clubs. Yeah. and like his Brendan mom, Fraser his was... His was he, he was great in that Texas Rising show I watched. Texas Rising? Which one's that one? That was the, the Western about the... About the birth of Texas. Okay. From the Alamo, he plays uh, Native American or half Native American. Nice. I like that. Uh, he's good as the robot guy in Doom Patrol. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Although, is it just his voice? Is he in the suit? I don't know what they're doing. I mean, that's a pretty big guy. It could definitely could be him. He's he's a big guy. 
He's a freak. <laughs> He's a giant freak. Um, Danny, speaking of giant freaks, Danny McBride is the voice of the dad. Uh, Maya Rudolph is the mom. If you look at the cast, it's all like yeah. super talented people. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a good movie. I'm not, not going to say I can say it's not because it is. Maybe if I had a, a family or kids or something, it'd be even more like, yeah, this is a, excellent for a family. But by the time it was over, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm glad it's over. Oh, but oh, I do want to say this. I did have moments. Um, some of the design, uh, especially like some wide shots and bigger shots were actually uh, quite good looking. Very, uh, very big, beautiful uh, sci-fi images, imagery going on at times in this movie. I uh, don't really want to give away what's exactly happening or anything, but uh, there will be times watching it where you're like, oh, that's actually beautiful. Um, without remorse, Amazon, Michael B. Jordan is John Kelly, I guess. It's all in the marketing. Yes. All, in all of the marketing, mm-hmm. it, it says he's John Clark. And in this whole movie, he's John Kelly. Well, at the end, he's John Clark. And then at the end, he's John Clark. Yeah. Maybe yes. this is... This is uh, it's like watching Batman Begins, uh-huh, but, yeah, but he doesn't... John, this is John Clark rising. But he doesn't say actually say, I'm Batman, until like the, the last five yeah. seconds of mm-hmm. Batman Begins. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah, this is this is without remorse, colon, John Clark rising. John Clark rising. Uh, it's, this is John Clark of Mars. <laughs> um, so what you think? It is all right. It's pretty. I, mean, it's, it's I, a, think, I think for what it is, it, exactly for what it is, it's a it's a Tom Clancy book mm-hmm. made to movie. I've been watching the most recent Tom Clancy stuff on Amazon with uh, the Jack Ryan's, yes. and this is just a little more action packed because Jack Ryan isn't supposed like because he's an analyst. Yeah, exactly. He's he doesn't become you know super spy. I'm sure until you know like season at nine when he meets the Fast and Furious guys in space. Whenever, whenever that's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, this John Clark has always been traditionally Clancy's um, more action oriented okay. military background. Well, gotcha. they both have military backgrounds, but that more action oriented version. Yeah. Um, also, they've been trying to make this since the book came out in the early '90s. So uh, I think that's part of the thing where it does feel like. For what it for the quote what it is moniker because it feels like something from the nineties yeah you know definitely which isn't a bad thing no it feels it feels like Tom Clancy yeah it's, that's it's, what it feels like it also feels like the less convoluted version of those movies like think of the Harrison Ford ones mm-hmm. where it's like what do you mean Al Azari knows that the uh, Bin Laden to well people. hey man it, it's like all analyst yes. intel yeah it's all <laughs> like scenes and scenes of people in boardrooms and then and then the movie ends with the bad guy just like falling through ice or something because they don't want to make uh, Harrison Ford like kills someone this movie is like no he's killing everyone that's his thing yeah. everybody <laughs> that's, dies that's his one characteristic everyone yeah. dies no it's two characteristics one everyone dies two he's sad yeah and three he doesn't die <laughs> Superman making the case for Michael B. Jordan yeah, to be Superman I don't know about Superman he, I he's, mean, so, he's just going on and on and, yeah. uh, I mean he's pretty his character is pretty ridiculous yeah, I mean, it, but it's not like he's bulletproof or anything I mean he takes his fucking hits uh, yeah he <laughs> and for I feel like he struggles more in movies with bullet wounds than most people do. like think of Steven Seagal right the few times he gets shot he gets shot in Under Siege doesn't matter and he's like you think this is a bullet this is a bullet wound and then he's like karate kicking yeah. people and shit Michael B. Jordan in this movie gets shot. He hits the ground. He's like, oh, he's struggling to yeah. even move. Yeah. Like, he got shot in the shoulders. Why can't you move your legs? Like I, I was like, damn, I must have, must have gotten him good. Maybe he got shot in the, in the... I have no idea. It was dark. It was dark in that It one. was. Um, 
yeah, it's like that's. I think it's good for just being a, like an action movie that's about oh the CIA is dirty, the military ops, uh, murky international stuff. It does have a very basic at the end of the day like war's profitable message. Duh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's we're not treading any yeah. new ground anywhere there. Uh-huh. So at that point, it's just about the style of the movie and the people in it. And it's fine. And uh, yeah, guy, who's the uh... The chick. She was from uh, Queen and Slim. Jodie Turner-Smith. Smith-Turner. Turner-Smith. Smith-Turner. Jodie... I'm going to go with Turner-Smith. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It was good to see her again. Yes, it was good to see her again. Fun role. I liked when, uh, when Jamie Bell, like... Because he, he's like the CIA agent, the murky agent. Uh, when she doesn't like his answer, she just like gets really close to him, and then she's like half foot taller, looking down yeah. at him. <laughs> and then he has to like kind of dead eye her. Uh, re- reuniting Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Bell for the first time since uh, Fantastic Four. Well, we got mm-hmm. we got half the Fantastic Four in this movie. Yep. Uh, man, sequel. Bring in who are the other ones? Let's mix it up. Ian Gruffold and Jessica Alba. <laughs> We're gonna mix the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we could have uh, we could have a fun uh, doppelganger. No, a, a weird multiverse thing mm-hmm. where uh, Captain America can fight himself as Human Torch. There we go. <laughs> so it, it, and people are like this is canon. <laughs> it is. So someone tracked this on yep. Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't know how we're, we're going to need an extra Wikipedia page now <laughs> to keep track of all this new canon. To make sure, you know, because Chris Evans is fighting himself. Because now the Tom Clancy verse has entered the MCU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It could be. Hey, well, man. Why I not? Mean, I mean, uh, Jack Ryan might end up being Mr. Fantastic anyway. That's possible. That's possible. Jack Ryan's already been uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jack Ryan also was almost Batman at one point. Alec Baldwin was yeah. almost uh, in the running for OG Batman. He would have been a good Batman. Yeah. Well, he has, he has a great ba- Batman voice. Well, I mean, technically, Jack Ryan was Batman. Ba- Batfleck. Which one? Ba- yeah, Batfleck sure. was yeah, Jack Ryan. That's sure. Some of all fears. The one where the goddamn a nuke goes off at a football game. That shit is crazy. <laughs> and then the last three minutes is like... Uh, uh, and so was Captain Kirk. Captain it's Kirk's like a possible Jack Ryan. World War Three. When? Captain Kirk is Jack Ryan. New, yes. Shadow Recruit. Shadow Recruit with uh, Kenneth Branagh. Did he direct that? No. Kenneth Branagh's Jack. No, it's not. <laughs> Did you notice that this the titling of this is Tom Clancy's yes. Without Remorse? Well, it's because how Tom Clancy's name is recognizable. Between If if you're a dad, yes. you've read the books. Or if you're a kid, you've played the video games. I was about to say, if, you, and if, you're, if somewhere, you're a gamer. And if you're somewhere in the middle, then you've been... You, 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 you've... Listen to your dad talk about the books, and you've seen the video games. I, 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 they've been the around. Movies. They've been around culturally enough. All that yeah. stuff. The name has been around long enough. Is Tom Clancy even still alive? I have no fucking idea. Right? I mean, Michael Crichton's been dead for a decade now. I'm sure he's more, books more so. are still cranking out a bunch of money. And he was like in his fifties too. He was pretty young when he died, which is, which sucks because he he was fun. Um, Grisham's still around. You know, they made eleven. Grisham books into movies in the span of 10 years between 1994 and 2004. 11 of his books got turned into movies. Christmas with the Cranks was the last one and then The Valve got turned off. No more John Grisham movies. Isn't that kind of crazy? It's fine. I mean, so many. Pelican Brief, Gas Chamber. Did you see these? I, I, like saw, I, I saw Pelican Brief. I feel like I've seen most of them. The Firm. Saw the Firm. Rainmaker. Yes. Runaway Jury. I don't know about that one. That's the John Cusack one with the uh, it's a tobacco trial, I, I think, think, and they're so. they're trying to like bribe or buy off the entire jury. Um, man, so many goddamn time to kill. 
which is which is now being turned into a a, a TV show, and Matthew McConaughey is coming back. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, with Alan Wars. Again, the gamers too. I think this one skews more for the gamers too because of the action of it, the uh, the intense action. I thought the action was was yeah, pretty was good. good. Uh, it's the director, this Italian guy who did the. Gamora TV show, which I haven't seen. Oh, okay. But I imagine if he from did... uh, well, that's uh, it's on HBO Max. Yes, yes, and yes, it is. It's got the uh, the guy who played the crazy brother in the last season of Fargo, the Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That he's, big guy. He's one of the leads in, Gam- in Gamora. In the Gamora TV show. Man, so should I which watch made, it? May, I, that's the only reason why it's on my list, and I haven't watched it yet. It's, yeah. it's on my list because I'm like the mo- eh? the movie is so crazy. Good. Oh my god, bonkers and fucking violent. But then when it, when it was over, I was like, man, I don't want to see that again. No, like, I don't think I want to revisit. No, and 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 also like <laughs> it completely de-romanticized organized crime for me. It, I was as like, it should like this is I was like, really you know is. what? This is real organized you know what? crime. No fucking way. This is the, yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> It's nasty, that movie. It's fucked up. And so then a TV show about it, that means I'm committing to like 20, 30 hours of that mood. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And then this guy, and then he did Sicario, Day of the Soldado, which I recall, I only saw that one the one it's time. Right. I remember just being like, it had all right. it had the intensity of the first Sicario and like the the heaviness of it, but it didn't have the full impact and the, uh, no. the intelligence of it, even though it's the same writer. It's Taylor Sheridan, and Taylor Sheridan wrote, or at least co-wrote, this without remorse, a screenplay. He he shares screenwriting credit, so I don't know if, like, another guy wrote the original, and then he came on as a rewrite with the director, uh, Stefano Salima, something like that. Anyway, so he's an interesting director. He makes, he likes the dark, intense, gritty, uh, let's make the violence hurt kind of thing, which I appreciate for this kind of movie, uh... It's like I I want these movies to show the true the true uh, nature of, of violence and the the, re- the consequences. None of this PG thirteen shit. No, that's the bad stuff. So uh, I mean, and then Michael B. Jordan. What do you think? Is I mean, like, he's, he's he's fine. He was just playing like a green Angry. badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was doing a Death Wish with a Death Wish with a military budget. Mm-hmm. I like how things didn't almost never went right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they constantly went wrong, yeah, which, they, which, I mean, it's good for character growth. And it was refreshing in terms of, like, so they take a, all the mission stuff that you see in so many other movies, like how they get in, and all, all the machinations are the same, but then when they all go wrong, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it go down this way before. <laughs> that's interesting. Like, all the beats are the same, but they're different. That's tough. That's hard to do. It's a fine enough movie for what it is. I think it's a good dad movie. Uh-huh. I think dads across America are going to enjoy this. I told uh-huh. my dad today, I was like, you, you should probably watch this. It's pretty good. You're going to like it. Um, so we'll see. No. I'll come back with more dad verification next weekend probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got dad verification on Twitter from, from one, of our, one of our oldest listeners, Drew. Uh, this guy, Jared, who's been listening since the SBK Live days uh, and does a Crespo Hundo and everything. He... Uh, I was like, this is a great dad movie. And then he tweeted, uh, yep, I'm a dad. I like it. <laughs> there we go. I was like, all right, cool, man. Got at least one dad thumbs up. Uh, yes, absolutely. I really appreciate the, the dad verification. So, yeah. So, if you're a dad, watch it. If you're not a dad, maybe. If you're a gamer, sure. If you like action movies, Michael B. Jordan. Because, uh, I mean, shit. This is really a spoiler. They, this is all about setting up um, a franchise. Ra- Rainbow Six franchising, Rainbow oh. Six and all okay. that. 
Did you see the? You probably didn't. As soon as it went to directed by, you, you shut it off. Yeah, there's a little see at the end. Stupid dumb mid credits thing where effort says Tom Clancy's without remorse. Um, he's back in DC, and there's like a quick revelation on one of the characters, and then he's like, "I got a new program. It's gonna call it Rainbow." Oh shit! Oh. Yeah. So now yeah. then everyone at home was like, "What?" No. Yeah. And then, I love that video game. And then he's like, uh, Jamie Bell's like, uh, well, we have a Hulk problem. So you know, <laughs> we're doing an initiative. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they turn around. There's Sam L. Jackson. He's like, motherfucker. Media diet. Let's talk about additional stuff. Uh, Invincible. Yep. Watched you it. You caught up? Finished the whole thing. Oh, yeah. my it was, God. Yeah. Whoa. That, that last hey. episode was Whoa. fucking violent. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the train that. scene yes. was so much fun. Dude, oh my god. So I when Jesus. I when I watched it on Friday nights and then it was over, that's why I watched Mitchell's first machine. So oh, for, like, for a cleanser? I was like, I can't go into it without remorse <laughs> after this fucking shit. I did. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much, Drew. I couldn't do it. Um Yeah, man, that fucking <clears throat> And then again it's the same thing where uh, it's showing like all these Marvel movies and how they're all bullshit and everything you know. with all the violence. Oh, we're evacuating. No, no, no. Wait, all these people are dead. I mean even so much death I mean, and, and horrible death. They, they talked about that in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when they asked if uh when Zemo asked if they, they had gone to the Sokovia Memorial. Yeah. Of course you haven't. That's the most that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that 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 was awesome. That was really <laughs> it's like of course not. The Sokovia stuff and the Sokovia Accords was the closest they've come to acknowledging and um, the mess, the, co- the collateral yeah. damage, but not even on the scale that no, happens in but, Invincible. Yeah, especially in Episode Five. Yeah, they really go into it. It's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah I, they, I think it's a fantastic show. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to more. Seasons two and three have been announced. Oh. They've been renewed. That was just a couple of days ago, and uh, they're still doing the live action movie. Which I wonder how they're going to do that if that live action movie is supposed to tell the whole story, just part of the story, because it's a twelve year yeah. comic run. So we'll see how much that results in a TV show and for movie wise, live action movie too. I don't know how they're going how they're going to do that. Who knows? Uh, man, it all depends on what part of the story exactly they want to tell. Exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm hoping for like future seasons. God, I just I want to see it. I want to see Omni Man versus a uh, space cat. <laughs> that, that, that space yeah. cat hacks thing what yeah. the what the fuck man that thing was brutal it was and I thought I was like oh the, the, he's gotta be fighting on oh, man dude, and, and then was, he just leaves oh, and the, after when the blood's coming down mm-hmm. and he just like in bathes in, it. in its yeah. glory and then licks it with his big old cat tongue yeah cause he's a freak yeah he's a, he's a, a warrior freak oh my god was, that was awesome I'm looking forward to uh, I mean I love the characters yeah. I love the characters I love the stories the twists and the turns and I love uh, Jason Manzoukas as Rexplode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> fucking Manzoukas. Uh, um, I mean, that's yeah. He's Rex, <laughs> yeah, which must uh, must be a dream of his because I think he's been reading the book since it came out, like back in two thousand three. Uh, so he's living the dream, mm-hmm. man. I hope they give him more money for future seasons, so we get less uh, Aqua Teen Hunger animation style <laughs> characters just standing there and their mouths moving and that's no. it like, murmur, 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 burr, 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 burr. Uh-huh. like give them a couple more bucks the animators please give no. the animators some more money and more time so they can actually uh because some of the stuff looks so good like some but obviously it's being pulled straight from the from the books i mean one would assume yeah exactly so uh and it's not like it's taking me out of it or it's totally detrimental 
I mean, I watched that whole Watchmen, yeah. the motion comic mm-hmm. thing. And that, yeah, it was that's, fucking amazing. Yeah, it, and it's truly just like, they're yeah. still images, like, moving very stiffly. Yeah, it's got like an Instagram filter that makes it look 3D. Yes, it. yes, <laughs> exactly. And it's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But it'll be nice if they give him some more mic. And they can, because it's fucking wild. Yeah. It's a wild A lot show. of fun. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it. It's over. Agreed. Damn it. <laughs> yep. All right, we got more coming eventually. Eventually. In the meantime, there's other stuff. For ejemple. Por ejemplo, I am watching on AMC. I mentioned it a few weeks ago that I was coming. Now that there's four episodes, I started watching it. Gangs of London. Gareth Evans uh, TV show about... Um, uh, it starts with a, a, the most powerful, like crime guy in in london of the gangs like the most powerful dude getting killed by just some kid getting it's a whole setup so then the whole show is like trying to find out who ordered the hit and uh, the son is doing like waging war rampaging through london trying to find out who the killer is and it's fucking everything up mm-hmm. um so it's about all the gangs and everything and the albanians and uh uh the irish what it is it's the, the main gang it's the irish and the blacks got together <laughs> okay and they rose to power by um, controlling the docks. So since they control the docks, they have their fingers in everything, and they can make everything stop. Uh, Man, the, so, so, all the other gangs so, are trying to so the them. only good time to be black Irish? Yeah, best of both worlds. <laughs> uh, unless they're like, get out of here, you bastard. You're the worst of both. How can you do that? Like, whoa, what's going on? That was a twist. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's weird. Even you guys are racist yeah, against it, me? Exactly. Fuck. Exactly. <laughs> no one can win sometimes. It's bad. It's a bad world we live in. It's a crazy show where since it's Gareth Evans, for people who don't know the name, he's the guy who did the Raid movies, Raid, Raid 2, uh, known for their hand-to-hand action scenes mostly. Also some good gun stuff. Oh. And he directed the first two episodes. And um, both of those scenes, both of those episodes have one fight scene in them each that are just fucking crazy. Ultra-violent. And uh, the second episode has a fight scene that like halfway through it I even realized my, my fist was like clenched just like, <laughs> I was like oh man I was so I was so tense so, I was so tense it was uh, crazy it was really good very very good show I enjoy it Gangs of London recommend on the AMC I watched one episode of the show on HBO called The Foreigners. Have you seen that one? Nope on there they have so much shit on there I now seriously because it's, it, it's like a new HBO Max original drops like every week and it's like I've never even heard of this and that's because they have now pulled all their stuff from their international programming so so this is HBO Europe original programming uh, which is awesome now that we go Mm. so yeah because why why don't I I want to see this stuff just because it's made in Europe doesn't mean I don't want to see it doesn't mean it's not good right exactly it could still be good but foreigners this one is set in Oslo Norway Mm -hmm. and uh I watched the first episode. I'm going to give it a few more Fs to, uh, to see where it goes because I'm intrigued. It is about... Uh, how, how do you put this? It's in Oslo and uh, just one night there's like a weird temporal event where people just appear in the waters mm-hmm. and they pull them out of the water and they're, uh, they pull out some like Norse Vikings. Okay. Um, some like uh, uh, prehistoric like cavemen mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, like 19th century 
uh, like Europeans or whatever. Okay, so Bill and Ted fucked up somewhere. Yeah, like there's a temporal <laughs> fuck up. And specifically from these three time periods, people are just like appearing and it's happening all over. It happens all over the world. Okay. And then jump cut like a couple years, at least a couple years later. And apparently it happens steadily every night. So now there's a time migrant problem and they call them foreigners because they're from before yeah. and they're trying to integrate them to society and stuff and they don't know what to do with them. A lot of them are homeless and on the street and uh, obviously it's a big metaphor for uh, uh, migration and migrant crisis and stuff like that in Europe specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting how it's a kind of a blend of genres. You got Obviously you're doing a little sci-fi no. here with the temporal rift. You're doing some comedy with the, all the fish out of water mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, historical drama. You're throwing in some fun historical drama stuff when they start talking about old stuff. No. And, and within the first episode, right, you start talking about like an old legend, this old monster and things like that. Um, that I looked up online. I was like, oh, that's a real like old Norse monster. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then on top of that, there is, it's like a, a murder mystery. Because one of the sometimes they get floaters that might cause all the time migrants always come up in the water, and some of them obviously are going to drown on entry. So whenever they wash up on shore, they have to check them in. But then this one particular one that floats in, like wait a second, we think this one uh, murder. This one was murdered the whole time. So now it's like a murder mystery. Call Mister Mercedes. And then also it, yeah. And then also it's a um, buddy cop uh, team up drama or comedy. Because um, it's centered on this one cop, right? Who's like also he's uh, hooked on some sort of time drug that they haven't explained what it is yet. And they partner him with the department's first um, time migrant uh, employee who's like, well, she, I think she's a, a Norse Viking girl who uh, has like learned. Adapted the, well. She's learned <laughs> the language and everything. Yes. And she's yeah. uh, she's now a cop. She's a cop for the, the department. So they t- two of them are teamed up to look into this. Uh, murder. So it's also a, a buddy comedy. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's strange. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for it to become like a, a monster horror thing at any point mm-hmm. or something. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Now that's all in the first episode. But foreigners, uh, check that out on Habo Max Europe. And I think that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me. What do you see? What do you got? Uh, I watched uh, Life in Color with David Attenborough on Ooh, Netflix. All right. What's going on here? So it's been, it's three episodes to. Regular episodes and one like a making of where, and it's basically just, it talks about how plants and animals use color, uh, how they view color, and how uh, some of the color that they use, we can't see, but they can. No shit. But they show it to us the best that, you know, how they would see it using, you know, new technology and cameras and blah, 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 blah. Because now David Attenborough and his nature people over at Netflix are pulling like the James Cameron shit where like they're inventing new technologies You're, for this garbage. Oh my god. They're, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. They're, yeah. they're inventing things to try to figure out the way this world works. So, uh-huh. um, is it good? Do you yeah. recommend it? Yeah. I mean, if you like... <laughs> It's a day. It's just. It's another David Attenborough nature sure, special sure, sure. on Netflix. Sure. So, uh, the, any interesting new colors that uh, like you wish I, you saw? Uh, m- most of this stuff was ultraviolet. So it's just stuff that we can't see with oh, our eyes. Oh, just like the Predator. Yeah. So these are all like animals with Predator vision. Yeah, a lot of them. We got you. Yeah. Okay. But but you see some cool shit. You, like a, a a lot of regular animals have like parts of them that are UV reflective. So if you could see in the ultraviolet spectrum, mm-hmm. then they would look even crazier than they do now. Oh, so they look crazier to each other, maybe, yeah. than we do. We just see, like, oh, look at that blobby thing. But uh-huh. to each other, it's, like, vibrant. Yeah. And 
Interesting. You said three episodes? Yep. Two of them were the actual episodes, and the last one was like the making of. So they talk about the technology, how which, they did it. Which is probably the coolest episode, right? I mean, it all I depends mean, I on what you're... on if you're into the technology type stuff. No. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. David Attenborough. Um, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> what else we got? That's it. All right. That's it. Um, all right. Well, then you know what? That, that's good because it gives us time, Drew. For our newest, our newest segment of 2021, we're debuting a brand new segment. Okay. Hopefully it's a hit, and then we'll bring it back in the future. But this segment, I haven't even have an intro for it. When was the last time I had a new intro for it? It's been a long time. It's been a while. So here we you go. You banned intros for a while. I, I, well, I lost them all. I was like, we're not going to do this all over again. But I found one. This one's going to be worth it. Uh, we're going to do... Uh, Chris tells you about his very first time going to Galaxy's Edge. All right. Dad, we just made a hit song. Here we go. This theater song. I'm go. I went to Galaxy's Edge. Huh. All right. Well, Drew. I went to uh, Galaxy's Edge. How, uh, so the Star Wars theme park. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a whole theme park connected to it. Like, get the shit out of here. <laughs> Who wants to spend any time there? Or is it is it just a part of a theme park that Star Wars? I'm shut. No, no, I'm shut off. Um, how does it all work? When I walked, when you, it, it's like it's a little bit towards the back, right? So yeah, you, you have to walk past the Aerosmith shit. You gotta walk past the Muppets. You gotta walk past all that stuff to like walk through a tunnel, and then you emerge into Galaxy's Edge, which is way bigger than you would think it is. And so did you edge the galaxy? We edged the galaxy for hours. <laughs> for hours. I was so just sore, 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 sore by the end of all that edging. And uh, outside of Tower of Terror, we, we hit that first when the park first opened, and then whew, straight, to, straight to the edge. And it, I was with three people who had been there before. Okay. So I was able to just be like, yeah. you do the things that need to be done and I will just be there with you and, and observe and have a good time and it was great and when I, the, the rides the, the Millennium Falcon was a pretty cool I was a gunner which meant I had to like push, push a button for a while and, and, press and, button. and I looked at a screen and I was like yeah because <laughs> you sit in that cockpit you sit yeah. in the cockpit and two people are sitting in the pilot seats and they have to like hit the left and the right or the up and down mm-hmm. whenever according to Lights yeah. so that it interacts with the goddamn. You're, play, you're playing a fucking cheap ass Disney Quest video game, yeah. but you're in like a tiny Millennium Falcon cockpit, and then the people in the middle are quote gunners, so they have lights on the side and they press buttons. And so if the light turns on, you got to hit that button, and uh, and then the people in the back are quote engineers, and they have board buttons. Like there's one part where the Falcon uh, it shuts down, you crash, and you're like. Like do the restart sequence, so you got like hit all the buttons <laughs> when, when they're all lit up, and then by the time you hit the last button, like, shit starts back up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's silly and fun. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, the Rise of the Resistance ride is amazing, but it was also half broken when I went on it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so there's like it apparently is long. Okay, it's like um, fifteen twenty minutes at oh, least. Wow. Yes. Okay, and and it goes through stages where like you get into one car thing and it's this whole ride where it's the screen and it's, you're flying around and all this stuff and then you think it's over but then you step out of that thing like you're gonna exit and there's another ride right there and there's like another <laughs> you gotta go through over here you line up over here and then they take it and then there's like a little almost like a show thing going on but really it's another queue yeah but they turned it into a whole interactive experience 
Uh, that's where, so when I went on, that first part was shut down and I had to jump into the middle. So it's like jumping into the middle of a story, which yeah. is weird. And uh, so the only thing I experienced was we were on a star cruiser, an Imperial First Order star cruiser, and we had to escape. We were getting, okay. And we were getting out of there. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's the type of... I mean, it's going to be super easy. Stormtroopers can't hit shit. Thank God, too, because they were everywhere and things, <laughs> things were flying. Um, it's, I, I don't know if I've been on a ride like this before, because this is a slightly newer tech where the the seat, the car that you're in, it's not on a track. It's like um, almost invisible, like a digital thing, okay. where it just it just goes through the room, and it never if it won't go through the room the same way twice. Like depending on the other things in the room or whatever, it'll yeah. it'll shift and turn and all that. Um, and you can see on the ground all the different like so many different uh, ways that the the things that we go almost like tracks on the yeah. ground. Maybe they do follow tracks almost like a qr code for lack of a better way just like it's, it's scanning the ground yeah. and following that so you're not connected to anything for most of the ride um you're just like almost like just sliding around and there's a lot of uh, the what do you call them the the animatronics mm-hmm. like like life-size ones yeah. of kylo ren and general hux uh parts of the rooms like exploding and it's very very exciting it was a it's a really cool ride even just being on part of it was pretty cool yeah. so one day one day i'll go maybe back the whole thing Maybe I'll get to see the whole thing. Out. But if I get to get on, we were, I mean, I don't know if we were lucky, but you have to, there's a virtual queue you got to do. You got to have your phone out. And it's like the queue opens at 1 p.m. And you got to, okay, here we go. Refresh, refresh. Okay, here we go. All right, we got a spot in three and a half hours. <laughs> All right. Like, what? You were doing that for five seconds. Yeah, three and a half hours. That was the best we could do. Uh, that was pretty cool, though, man. The place is like, the detail is incredible. Oh, I'm sure. It's super awesome. Uh, because of COVID, it's a lot of, everything's, all the rides are half capacity. Everyone's social distance. Everyone's got to be wearing a mask the whole time. Uh, the lightsaber workshop thing was cool. I, I was a guest with someone buying a lightsaber, standing behind him. And uh, it was like a pretty cool experience. It's an expensive experience. How much yeah. you say? Do you know how much it is? <laughs> No, it's like hundreds a, of dollars. It's a fifteen-minute show. Easily, you get to build your own lightsaber out of parts. So it's you pick the design yeah. and based on the design, they give you components, and then they give you four of each, and you get to pick two, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So you get and you pick your own color. Mm. Fifteen-minute presentation. Yeah, I would say about fifteen minutes, maybe a little shorter. Uh, you walk out of there with the with your hilt with the bulb LED blade on it that they put on with a case to take it home. A pretty sturdy case too because you got to walk around yeah. the park with it i think it's just over 200 bucks yeah sounds yeah. about right yeah pretty pretty hefty price but that thing is 200 dollars for an adult toy but that hilt is heavy dude i'm sure i'm, I'm i was surprised by how heavy it was i mean uh, they're probably i mean yes it's, it's expensive but they're probably made to last because people yes. are coming from all from over the world yes. to get one of these fucking things. And they already sell... And if it's a cheap plastic, they're going to be pissed. They sell cheap plastic ones in some of the stores, yeah. and they even do them where kids can build their own cheap yeah. plastic one, which is probably like, I don't, I don't see the price, 20, 50 bucks. I'd probably say like just under 100. Under 100. Well, for just over 100, you can go and buy in another shop, they have a whole case of... Um, legacy lightsabers, so you can get a, a Luke Skywalker replica, yeah. Obi Wan, or whatever. Those are a little over a hundred, um, but those are th- there's a halfway between the shit plastic yeah. and the build your own because they're kind of heavy, but not quite as heavy, not as big. The blade isn't as long. Um, 
they even get it so like when you you hit the button on the thing whoosh, and it turns on of course it makes a sound um the light on the blade like it goes up yeah. and then when he turn off it, it comes Zzz. down yeah as opposed to just turning on yeah. or off uh just little details like that are are slick it's slick and delightful and at one point in the workshop the guy's talking he's doing his thing he's got like a fake accent the whole time and then uh and then like a sh- all the the candles get blown out on their own and then the, the there's a green light and then yoda starts talking yeah and then the music na, na, na. you're like oh my god it's yoda. <laughs> yoda's in the room with us this is incredible do you, kids easy do you hear that that's yoda uh, it was a it's a pretty wild experience, man. It's a cool party. I'm just saying, all, I'm bringing all this stuff up because we do have listeners who we're lucky to be living in right the here. same yeah. city mm-hmm. that, that this park is like That's 30 right minutes away. We could go. We just have Whatever. to pony up the cash. That's all. <clears throat> yeah. uh, and it's worth the cash. It, it's worth it if you're into Star Wars at all. Um, so I figured, you know, some listeners would like to hear a little bit of uh, talking about it. The food wasn't that great. Okay. The uh, at least in the one place I went to, like their sort of cantina, not the Olga's cantina, but the cafeteria thing they no. had. I got just a, uh, like I tried the the year chicken salad because someone else had it. Mm-hmm. It was like a green curry chicken salad type thing, and it wasn't good. Unanimous decision at the table yeah. that salad was not good. I got a like a chicken tender thing. Yeah. Uh, on mac and cheese, and it came with like three small small pieces of broccoli. And then that, I was like, how can you fuck that up? So it was, yeah. it was pretty basic. It was fine. Uh, oh, and then uh, they just sell some random beer there. Some sure. some golden lager Stuff. thing. Yeah. And it's like Imperial, whatever they yeah. call it. And then you can't talk to anyone about Star Wars inside. I heard one lady behind me. She was asking an employee there about something, something Star Wars. And he was like, Star Wars? What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Star yeah. Wars? Uh-huh, yeah. Like, I mean, I know the Empire fell, and there's yeah. the First Order, and uh-huh. there's been battles and stuff, but I mean, Star Wars, that's weird, lady, Star Wars, and then she was like, okay, okay, okay I got it, yep. mister, that's fine. They're in character, Chris. Mm. It was cute, they're having, they're having fun. Those guys, those employees get to pick their own, when, uh, an employee told me this one time, um, months ago, I remember, that they have their, for their, the, the, the what do you call them? I guess the character, not the characters. That those are specific, but the employees, you know, uh, the 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 cast members is what they like to call them. They have their costume area in the back, and instead of here is your costume for work in this section. Uh, it depends on your depending on your job. But like here are your clothing options, and you get to whip together your own thing, your thing for the day. It's very uh, they personalize it, so it they don't seem so. Um, uniform, uniform yeah. yeah and and they blend in more when you buy stuff with your with your card and you look on it says like uh 12 credits no. instead of 12 dollars no. that's also a sneaky way to get you to spend more money without, without thinking it. about how much you're spending yeah. it's like oh i wonder how much 12 credits is when when i put my bank statement in. oh that's 60 bucks fuck that, that would <laughs> suck that would suck if there was some crazy exchange rate where they're really fucking with you that'd be bad um that'd be so bad no i mean shit was expensive but don't ex- part, yeah. yeah, you expect it now. I mean, when I saw that the beer was fourteen dollars, I was like, Yo. "Duh!" It's like, "Oh, only fourteen dollars? Great, that's yeah. fantastic!" Wow. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping somewhere a little more around like ten or twelve, but okay, fourteen. I'll take fourteen. I'm glad it's not sixteen. That's coming one day. It's fine. Yeah, that's on the way. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fourteen now, and you know what I got in my pocket? Fourteen bucks. You so know what I have my, no matter have <laughs> my belly beer. This is the way it's going down, buddy. Um. Yeah, man, it was it was cool. It was cool. I did 
everything pretty much. And I'm, I would like to go back. Also, I did actually I didn't do everything because I wouldn't like to buy a droid. There you go. You have droids there that sell for a little over a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, you can assemble your own. You can get either a, a ball droid like BB-8 or an R2, a classic R2. Right? What would you do? I'm seriously torn. <laughs> I mean, it it all depends on which one's gonna hold up for longer. In all reality, I mean, they're both they're both costing the same amount of monies. I mean, uh, I'd have to see them to see how they move and yeah. what the options are here. And, and they're about like a foot and maybe a little over a foot and a half tall. They're pretty decent sized looking. And I like how they also sell, which I would probably buy as long as like it has an adjustable strap. They sell uh, like a backpack for you to put it in so mm-hmm. you get carried around while you're in the park. Because theoretically you could have it with you on the ground, but yeah. then it's going to get... Like Fucked kicked up. over yeah. or fall down some stairs or something, uh, so you can carry around it in your pack, and then it'll like interact with stuff in the park. Oh, yeah, that, it's like the Harry Potter wand. Yes, it's like Harry Potter wand, which reminds me, there's this Disney Play app that you can download that's like fucking 550 goddamn megabytes. It's ridiculously huge. I had to delete apps to download it. It's, and then for me, it ended up not being worth it because yeah. like this is a little too much for me. But the people I was with, the real Star Wars nerds who got the lightsabers and had the tattoos and shit, yeah. they were all about it. They were, oh my god, they had so much fun. The um, you can sign up with this app and they have this thing, the Star Wars data pad, and uh, you can transit. So everything is in like some sort of made up language. Yeah, whatever that Star Wars language is. Yeah, so you can use that to translate either by holding it up and taking a picture and it translates. And then it's like, oh, inside this box, it says a, a chisel. Wow, I'm glad I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you can input the characters yourself manually. They have a bunch of, like, sort of their version of QR codes that you can scan that, and it'll tell you something's going on. There are all sorts of panels and machines around the, uh, that area with lights on them that if you do um, hack, there's a hack section, and all these things that are in your immediate area will pop up, and then you can do, like, a real quick, super easy puzzle. And then the, you can hack into that device and make it like beep, boop, beep, bob, beep. You can hack at least one time a day into the Millennium Falcon, the big-ass Millennium Falcon yeah. they got. You can hack into it and hit a button and make it psh, like shoot out. Um, oh, the gas. Yeah, gas on the side. So like people are sitting there taking a picture or whatever. You can like, get behind them psh, <laughs> and hit them really good. Uh, you can do like all the ships have something like that. And I was like, oh, that, that's pretty wild. Also, there are some devices that are just emitting tones like right you can stand in front of them with your phone hit uh frequency scan frequency it'll pick up those sounds and translate them and give you uh messages and shit like that and be like buy more ovaltine or whatever mm-hmm. trying to trying yeah. to get you to do so there's all sorts of like extra things you can do while standing in line games you can play the through the phone with with your surroundings and things like that so it's pretty pretty impressive man it's pretty cool i gotta say like cool say. so so that, that's it. That's it. That's the that's the end of that's the end of Chris tells you about his first time going to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, can't wait for that segment to come back. That's gonna be a good one. That's gonna yeah. be a good recurring segment, I mm-hmm. think. Um, all right. Well, there we go. We're gonna take a break. We're at the middle of the show. We're gonna be back with an email. I got movie news. I think that's it. Okay. All right. So it's gonna be a pretty good second half. Here we go.
Hey, we be returned from stoppage. Resume show now. That's some awful grammar. Uh, syntax not important. <laughs> grammar boring. Ideas still expressed. Correct. I mean, yeah. See, senor. <laughs> see, senor. Um. Uh. Oh no, what's happening? We're back. Am I dreaming? Guys? You might be. We are returned of the Kings, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, The Two Towers. Drew. Chris. The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug. Never watched it. Was it that one or the third one? Either or. No, the third one was the um, the five armies battle, the five armies, parentheses, only four armies show up, close parentheses. Sure. That's what I read. The fifth, <laughs> fifth army never shows up. People are like, where are the fifth? I think, where did the Eagles? The Eagles didn't show up. They were doing a show in Altamont. <laughs> Desperado. <laughs> okay. We have come to thee after our break. Do start the show again. Uh... Cinema so at gmail.com is the email. You can email us whenever you want, and uh, we will not respond via email because, uh, unless you ask us to, instead we will read it on the show and then respond for the world to hear. And by world, I mean the uh, the 20 or so people still listening. Can I email from Gabe? Aww. What's up, Gabe? What up, show? What up? You don't know black music. You never understood black music. You couldn't handle black music. Sorry, sorry about that, Gabe. Quick check in. I've been season one of a Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO Max. Seven eps, like 30 to 40 minutes, and it's fucking hilarious. Kind of reminded me of aspects of In Living Color and Dave Chappelle Show, an anthology of sketches <coughs> that meander into culturally relevant jokes. And the cameos are really good. What a great group of written-slash-improv talent. Must see. It's short for now. Okay. Okay, I would say, uh, first off, watch the language. We don't need that kind of language on the show. Fuck you. Whoa! Was that part of the email? No, that was just me. Oh, okay, editorial. Uh, I guess we should check out Black Lady Sketch Show. I, I, HBO, yeah. right? HBO Max, Shit. yeah. I mean, why not? We could use some comedy. If I, if I could watch those Australian boys, Andy Donna, I'm sure I could watch some good old American uh, uh, Black Lady Sketch Show. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you could. Okay. What was the last sketch show you watched besides Andy Donna? It's been a while. Yeah, Auntie Donna, yeah, that was the last one. That's what I'm saying. No. Right? We could use more sketch comedy. Could we, though? I mean, the 90s was... There was so much good sketch comedy in the 90s. It's it's hard to... In Living Color. You had... The State. The State. Yeah, had SNL. You had... Um, yeah, SNL was good back then. Yeah, SNL was good back then. Yeah. You had the oh, six episodes of the Dana Carvey show. Six or seven episodes. All available on Hulu. Mm, yeah. You want to see some... You want Kids to, in the Hall. You want a real time travel shit. Kids in the Hall was 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's Canadian 90s. So, technically, it's like late 80s. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> slightly behind. Yeah, I love Kids in the Hall. That show's my favorite. Uh, yeah, man, it was just a better time. Now it's all a bunch of shit. But maybe, yeah, you know, if, if Gabe says it's so blank and hilarious, yeah. then we should watch it. Yeah. Give it. Give it a shot. I mean, if, if I gave the... The Aussies a shot, I should give Black Lady Sketch Comedy a shot. That's what I say. If you're going to give the Aussies a shot, go ahead and give them a nice Black Lady Or were they Kiwi? They were Aussies. They were for sure Aussies. Okay. Um, 
Again, cinema so at gmail.com. Also, cinnamon so at hotspices.com for your uh, the freshest cinnamon extract. Uh, <laughs> you should start that company. <laughs> you should plant yourself a cinnamon tree in the back. Yeah. <laughs> sell, sell cinnamon so Cinnamon so extract. Um, so patreon.com slash crespediso is a thing that you should sign up for to get all the good stuff. That's where we do episodes that are awesome. And, uh, we actually care about those because we like those people more. And that's supposed to be freeloaders. The episode last week was the fourth installment of our 12 months of Batman, our Batman, the animated series episode. That was quite a bit of fun. Yeah. And, uh, that's it. That's all I'm plugging for the Patreon. The guys, sign up today. Patreon.com slash So Anywhere from $1 to $5 a month gets you everything, including our uh, our groveling uh, fidelity and Speaking adulation. of Batman the Animated Series. Yes, uh, Batman Colin Tass. Yeah, I mean, Mark Hamill did the Joker for that. He does mm. the, uh, the tailor in Invincible. I did not realize that. That's awesome. Good old, good old Mark Hamill. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, man, that show's great. The voices they got are great. Yeah, uh, the characters sassy are fun. Beats. Goddamn sassy beats. She's so sassy and zazzy. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. Um, let me think. Is there anything else I want to plug? There's a Facebook group. We have a common question thread, but no one uses it this week, and that's fine. I think you all should get off Facebook anyway. It is bad. They profit off uh, bad shit. That's what they do. Get off it. Um... And then there's also Instagram, but I don't know. I mean, it's still owned by Facebook, guys. I think the, the the web, the web is a big sticky thing, and it's got its uh, it's got its grip on us all. It's bad. It's bad, guys. It's awful. It's awful. It's, awful. it's terrible. It's terrible. It's time to talk about some movie news. Here we are pulling it up. Should have had this ready, but I don't. It's cool because you guys are probably used to this garbage by now. I mean, if you're not, then poof, maybe. If, you're, if you're if you're not welcome. So this show, <laughs> this is the way it is. You hear about Joe Rogan being all like, kids don't have to get the... Yeah, like if you're under 20 and in good health. Yeah, it's like, you're fine, you don't have to get it. Don't get vaccinated. Don't get vaccinated. What are you, crazy? What are you, what are you, what's wrong with you guys? What are you putting... No, Joe Rogan, you're crazy. Uh, you're bonkers. And the, fa- God, the fact that anybody like actually like listens to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like values his opinion on damn near anything right that blows my mind and then he even so uh in the wake of all that uh also this part of the reason why I pull this is cuz it's funny that he's making such a big hubbaloo hubbub etc cetera, etc cetera, just by being a podcaster yeah goddamn goddamn podcaster yeah, sure. he's a, he's a failed comedian and a, and a failed actor Moderate, i think he was a moderately successful comedian and uh, uh i mean what happened to the did he still do that mma stuff cuz he still looks super jacked yeah he still does cuz he, he, he is still he, associated he with jacked. mma yeah. yeah he still does stuff with them does he did he ever own any part of fear factor cuz man that would have been a smart move on him that was, that was a very successful run for him yeah, I don't think he had a, any sort of producer stake on it, though. Yeah, so um, in a podcast episode from April 23rd, he told high-risk people, I think for the most part, it's safe to get vaccinated. But for like 21 years old, and he said to me, should I get vaccinated? I'll go, no. Um, in his response <clears throat> to the backlash that happened, Joe Rogan said that he was, quote, not a respo- respected source of information. Duh, because <laughs> he's not. He alleged that journalists sensationalized his comments. Uh, which is fair, I think. 
And uh, and he says I'm not an anti-vaxxer. And also, this is, this is the most important part of his quote. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? He says he just called himself a moron. I had it right here. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I'll give Joe Rogan points for at least being self-aware. It's like these articles always put these things out of out of order. Joe Rogan quote: "I'm not a doctor. I'm a fucking moron." End quote. Like I said, at least at least he knows he's self-aware of what's going on. He's backing backing out of it. Um, why does it matter? Well, in 2020, his podcast was the most popular on Spotify and had 12 million monthly users, according to Billboard. That is insane. That is. I mean, I know people who listen to Joe Rogan, so I don't want. So do I. Say it. But still, you're dumb. <laughs> I think it's dumb. <laughs> you're dumb, guys. No, I'm, I mean, no, I'm, it, say, I'm no, not saying you're I'm dumb. I'm not saying you can. You can no, here's listen to you, it and enjoy it. You can listen to it. You can enjoy it. You, you can even agree with it. But like, if you, he has interesting guests on often. If you go to Joe Rogan as like for your information as a source of information and like as a, as a reliable source for information, then you've got some issues yes he says he doesn't believe himself to be a reliable source of information either and again just to reiterate joe rogan's quote i'm not a doctor i'm a moron i'm a fucking moron okay good again the language yeah. i don't know why <laughs> so so but the language these days is true if we were nicer to ourselves maybe um 12 million monthly listeners that's a lot wow wowie wooey huh. good golly miss molly that's impressive. So let's get into some new movie stuff. And the very first story I had pulled for the new movie section I pulled for you, Drewster Cogburn. This is a date that you're going to want to remember, July 30th. What happens? What happens? That is your theatrical release of The Green Knight. I'll be vaxxed. Yes. <laughs> I'll be vaxxed in time. I was really, I was worried that, that wasn't going to be vaxxed in time well, to see that in theaters. No, man, you'll be good. Good. You'll be good. You said, I'll be vaxxed. I will be. I'll be vaxxed. This is amazing. Now I get to see the Green Knight in the theater. I'm so going to wear my mask because that's what they say the theater you have to do. That's fine. That's fine. I just want to see the movie. It's yeah. going to be unbelievable. I just want to see the movie. And it's got Dev Patel. And I don't want there to be a chance that I die because of it. Yeah, you know, you're not going to die. I love movies, but not that much, Chris. Uh, and by then, end of summer, we'll see how many people are coming back. Theaters are still fairly empty now. Movies like Mortal Kombat and this anime Demon Slayer, which is now the highest grossing anime in U.S. theaters. Um, they do okay opening weekend and then have big second weekend drops. Yeah. So uh, that signals that there are people who want to go back and they're quick to go back, but there's still plenty of others like, nah, I'm, I'm going to wait. So yeah. we'll see how this goes. Um George A. Romero, Rest in Pieces. He, uh, author of the modern zombie genre mm-hmm. in its entirety, yep. pretty much. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead. Right? He has those four movies. Um, Land of the Dead coming out in 2005. He came out with two other ones uh, called like Survival of the Dead and Diary of the Dead. And they were no one liked them. Critics hated them. Uh, they were cheap pieces of shit. And he, even he allegedly was like, this is not the way to go out. So apparently before he died of lung cancer, he was working on something called Twilight of the Dead, which is going to be the official ending of everything, of his overall zombie story arc. And then he passed away. So his uh, widow 
is looking for writers to put it together, and they're trying to make this movie happen. George A. Romero's final film may actually I wonder, happen. I wonder who's going to pick it up. Exactly. Yeah. Who who will pony up the cash? Who's willing to to do this? How much will it cost? Will it even be good? Yeah. Will well, I mean, if if Zack Snyder's next zombie movie goes well. He could do that. A nice reinvigoration of the the theatrical zombie genre because while it's been strong on TV, there hasn't been a good zombie movie no. in a while. Yeah, that would be good. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, Army of the Dead. Hope yeah, it's yeah. Fun. I saw the trailer. It looks fun. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Uh, Taika Waititi working with HBO on a uh, show called Our Flag Means Death. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and it's about uh, uh, pirates. All right. Okay. Um, I, I hope he's a pirate captain. I hope, no, well, I hope he shows up as a cameo. As but I want to see Taika Waititi with a giant crazy pirate beard. Well, you're 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 gonna get more than, <laughs> more than you wish for, Drew. He is co-producing the show, executive producing. He's not the showrunner, but he's executive producing. He's directing the pilot, and it's been announced that he will also star as Blackbeard. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It's going to be awesome. Oh, man. It says, showrunner David Jenkins, only one man could play this role. <laughs> that is a great Taika with TT. We're thrilled beyond measure. He's decided to don the beard. <laughs> Our Blackbeard is a legend, a lover, a fighter, a tactical genius, a poetic soul, and quite possibly insane. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's what syphilis do to you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right, TT will be joined by uh, Reese Darby, who is the um, one half of Flight of the Concords, along with Jermaine Clement. Right, and there's more information here. It's loosely based on the true adventures of Steed Bonnet. That's Rise Darby's character. Rise Darby. Rise. R H Y S. However they pronounce it. He is a pampered aristocrat who abandoned his life of privilege to become a pirate. All right. So there you go. Cool. The guy who gives up his cush life to be a pirate hooks up with Blackbeard, sails the seas under their and pirate flag. Taika Waititi's Blackbeard. Yes. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be so awesome. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy wild stuff. Um, another round just won some Oscars this past week at mm-hmm. the Academy Awards. So that means uh, remake time. Uh, it's been picked up by Leonardo DiCaprio's company. All right, there we go. Apian Way. And, you know, of course, now that means maybe Will DiCaprio darn it. Who knows? Possibly. Yeah. We'll see. But it's it's happening. So I want to be Mads Mikkelsen. Right. He's like, that looked like fun. I could do that. <laughs> We've got the same hair. They got awards. I could get awards. So uh, that's coming. That's coming, guys. Heads up. The MonsterVerse, the Universal Legendary MonsterVerse. Mm-hmm. Is moving forward. So is Tom Cruise still in it? Is no, you're thinking the Dark Universe. <laughs> that's a different verse. That verse is dead. Okay, that's a, de- that's a dead verse. No, the Monster Verse to start with Godzilla, Godzilla oh, King okay. of the Monsters, Kong Skull Island, Kong vs Godzilla. And, yes, which just came out. They just announced the next one. Well, actually, is it announced for sure, or is the project rumored? They announced that they have. They're in discussions with Adam Wingard to come back after Godzilla vs. Kong to direct the next movie. So he, he'll be the first director that they're having come back to do another film. And it's looking like it's going to be Son of Kong. So another King Kong slanted movie. Interesting. Yes. Another big monkey movie. 
uh, and Adam Wingard again. So it'll be interesting. So a neon-soaked monkey movie? Which I'm fine with, and it's going to have to come, if if he does it, that it's going to have to get in line behind, apparently, um, Face Off 2 and the Thundercats movie. I mean, I'm looking forward to neon-soaked both of those things. Yeah, so this guy is suddenly uh, very, very busy and uh, soon to be quite quite rich. If not already from yeah. from this Godzilla v Kong, on what, yeah, yeah. depending on what kind of deal he got on it, right? Um, ooh, Transformers movie. All right, okay. they got the new one coming. Starting getting the cast together. It's directed by this guy Stephen Capel, who did Creed two, okay. and from before that he did this movie called The Land, which was like about a bunch of kids in Cleveland, like a little uh, character drama. It was a pretty pretty good little movie. Um, but he made that when he was like 28, so that got him on a bunch of like under 30 mm-hmm. lists and stuff like that. People to look for. Based on that, he got Creed 2. Creed 2 made money. So uh, now he's got the new Transformers movie, and they cast uh, Dominique Fishback, who's coming off of Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. She played the uh, Fred Hampton's uh, girlfriend, no. and also she was just in Power yep. with, with Jamie Foxx. So now she's going to be in uh, the Transformers movie. So she's... Uh, Slowly but surely blowing up. So what's this Transformer dumbass they haven't, garbage going to be? I haven't announced any details on the actual movie itself other than uh, Stephen Cable Jr.'s directing. She was just cast, and they already announced um, this dude, Anthony Ramos, who's in the in the Heights movie, that, that little guy. He's already cast in this movie, so I don't know if it's going to be necessarily a Bumblebee or whatever, or we'll see. But there's they're they're going back to making more Transformers movies. Um, now this is definitely a grain of grain of salt type shit, right? Okay, how close is this guy to this project? Take this for what you will. But Christopher McQuarrie, mm-hmm. director of the last couple Mission Impossible, the new ones coming out. Also the Jack Reacher movies. He's become Tom Cruise's guy, right? He, where is it? He tweeted, someone asked him, some random person tweeted at Chris McQuarrie, have you seen the final cut of Top Gun Maverick? If yes, how do you feel about it? And he responds, I've lost count how many times. The best film I've been a part of. I cannot wait to see it unleashed on an audience. So I guess maybe he's an executive producer on it. Mm. Says it's the best film. The best film he's been a part of. He's had the most fun doing it. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. <clears throat> we'll see. Dude, dude's made some awesome Mission Impossible movies. So uh, we'll see how much of that is blowing smoke. If it's actually gonna be that good, but shit, man, I'm hyped for for Top Gun Maverick. I um, think it's gonna be. A, I mean, it's, gonna, it's a Tom Cruise movie, and it's but but it's also a Joe Kaczynski who um, we're still waiting for him to fulfill that promise that came with the first forty minutes of Tron Legacy. You know the. Uh, he was David Fincher's boy. He's the, this architect turned filmmaker who was supposed to be, you know, this great uh, artisan, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's like, yeah. <laughs> I think his best movie is Oblivion, maybe. Yeah. We're just like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all right. It's fine. Uh-huh. It looks, looks, it looks fucking, I mean, it yeah, looks it looks amazing. great. <laughs> it, looks, it looks amazing. I mean, the world building is good. And then he did that um, that firefighters movie, those fire jumper guys that, that died. That. Yeah. Um, it was like based on a true story. Yeah, yeah, I never but, saw it either. Josh Brolin. Yes, exactly. And it's like, well, all these guys died. This sounds fucking depressing. I don't want to see. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, firefighter, dead firefighter guys and their families. I don't want to see your stories. 
Does that make me a bad You guys person? are brothers and you died together. Congratulations. Congratulations. You died together doing what you love. Was it worth it? I don't care to find out. <laughs> I don't care to find out. Uh, does that make me a bad person? Maybe. That's possible. My heart can only stretch so far. Uh, the Meg 2. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. we, we, got yeah. some, uh, we got a little word on that, as a matter of fact. Actually, this it's funny. This is almost like Jason Statham admitting that the first one was bad. Because <laughs> it was. Right. Uh, but it's hard when you're an actor working on these movies to be like, oh, you know. Because you, you want the audience to believe you when the movie is about to come out. And you're like, go see my new movie. Please. It's going to be great. And yeah. then it comes out and it's bad. And then afterwards, like, oh, yeah, we knew it was bad the whole time. But then why'd you tell Then why'd you go on? Marketing. On one of the jimmies to go the, tell the me. The answer is marketing. So you agreed, Jason Statham, with the marketing department to lie to me about, go see my movie tonight. Yes. I'm going to fight a giant shark, and it's awesome. Yes. And then the movie comes out, and we're like, Jason, that sucked. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yes. I know. I should have told you it was bad. It's a champagne problem. I mean, I get a drink of champagne, and now it's your problem. Yep. And it wasn't. <laughs> Jason, that's not nice. Well, here we go. I'm setting up the Meg 2. It'll be the similar thing where two years from now, he's like, I knew it was shit from the beginning. Okay. You know? He says, we're going to start shooting in January if I get my dates right. Ben Wheatley is the director. I'm very excited to work with him. I'm thrilled to get going. It's been a while. We've been waiting around for the right scripts to come in and the right director to turn up. We've got all those things and they're all stacked up now. So name dropping Ben Wheatley in there. We'll see. We'll see. see And then then Wheatley also already saying how he's not trying to make it a, quote, Ben Wheatley movie. But, you know, he's going to bring some of his. uh, Yeah, he's Ben Wheatley. I mean, it's in his nature. He's like, yeah, Wheatley's great. <laughs> we have a great shorthand already. We've got similar tastes. I like his movies. I think he's a brilliant director. I think we've got a good shot at making something good. I think we've got a good shot at making something good. I think going into the Meg, he was like, we got a good shot at making something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we made a movie. I think we can make this on schedule. <laughs> on the budget. With, with a lot of Chinese money. With a lot of Chinese, dirty Chinese money, mate. Um, the Meg made $530 million in 2018 against $130 million budget. That's not bad. No. That's not bad. So, Meg 2. Ben Wheatley is Meg 2 with Jason Statham coming soon. And I can tell you, man, I saw Meg. I barely remember anything about it. I remember there was a kid and a shark and mm-hmm. the shark was big. Jason Statham's a beer drunk yeah. who hates his job mm-hmm. of being an underwater rescue person. No. He's like, this sucks. I hate it. No. Then why do you do it? I don't know anything else. I, mean, uh, I don't even remember how they killed... Did they even kill a shark at the end? He I don't even remember. He stabs it through the eye with uh, like a pole or something that's only like two feet long and somehow it gets to his brain. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. It's a nonsense ending. Gotcha. It's a nonsense, nonsense ending. Uh, here we go. Final new movie story, Drew Sikogber. That's not specific to these other things I pulled up anyway. Uh, oh, man. This Drew. This one gets a preemptive. Yes, yes, here's a Kyber. Crimes of the Future. Okay. Let me rewind. A few months ago, Vigo Mortensen uh, did an interview that came out on G- GQ, and I brought it up here on the show, in which he said that David Cronenberg had a screenplay that he's been working on for a long time, and it's ready to go, and he's trying to get financed and put it together, and he's hoping to be shooting this thing with old crony sometime soon. Fast forward. Fast forward to the present. Crimes of the future. Crimes of the future. <laughs> yes, okay. it's shooting this summer in Greece. Vigo Mortensen starring with Leah Sedu, uh, the French lady, and Kristen Stewart. Neon is producing it. 
Good I'm old, looking forward to it. Good old fucking neon. Neon produced um, Possessor, uh-huh. too, so that makes sense. Uh, let's see what we got here. We also have a uh, some sort of description about what it is, if I can find it. Uh, wait, I don't know what that is. So, uh, to work with David Cronenberg is embark on that's a that's just a fucking EP. Uh, goddamn, film has been in the mix for a while, and blah blah blah. That's uh, something else. Um, I thought I had the whole thing in here where it said what the what it was about, and uh, it's definitely sci-fi. Well, it's his first original sci-fi script since existence in nineteen ninety-nine. Not so distant future, humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. Fun. Uh, this evolution moves humans beyond their natural state and into a metamorphosis, altering their biological makeup, body horror. Mm-hmm. While some embrace the limitless potential of transhumanism, others attempt to police it. Either way, accelerated evolution syndrome is spreading fast. Cyberpsychosis. <laughs> future shock. Sarah, no, Saul Tenser is a beloved performance artist who has embraced accelerated evolution syndrome, sprouting new and unexpected organs in his body. Along with his partner Caprice, Tenser has turned the removal of these organs into a spectacle for his loyal followers to marvel at in real-time theater. (laughs) But with the government and a strange subculture taking note, Tenser is forced to consider what would be his most shocking performance of all. (laughs) Cronenberg, Stated, I have unfinished business with the future. (laughs) (laughs) I have to remove organs that no one has seen. Using, uh, using, man. Yes. It's like all these movies being put together. I can't wait. I can't wait for the master to come back and show people how it's done. Uh, Crimes of the Future coming probably then next year. The Jeremy Iron Twins better be there. They're going to be the gynecologist in that future. Their, Their son. Yes, <laughs> Jeremiah and son, but he'll voice them. It'll, it'll be like a young Rex Blode situation, but they're triplets this time. I mean, it's, it sounds like all of his movies like crammed into one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sounds fucked up. Can't wait. God, it's going to give me fucking nightmares for like a week. People will be sitting around and be like, oh, what is he going to remove this week? <laughs> Jeremiah Irons is in the audience. Yes, remove something. <laughs> Reach into your body and remove something for us. Use my tools. Use my tools. Grab these from my friend HR. Um, Disney story. There's a new Disney cruise uh, cruise liner called Disney Wish. The industry is going to be reopening uh, pretty soon here. Yeah. And uh, man, this this ship looks crazy as fuck. The few things I wanted to talk about real quick. They got a, uh, a Star Wars bar. Okay. Where is the Star Wars bar? Uh, the picture it gives you a great idea where it's like they they use a, a okay. an LED screen to yep. make it look like you're in, in outer space. space. Yeah, yep. and um, it's called the Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge. And uh, through the window, you'll get panoramic views of like Tatooine and Mustafar and Batus. Mustafar is funny. Like, oh look, lava planet. <laughs> <laughs> how, how pretty. We're we're outside lava planet. It looks like the design is sort of like Canto Bite looking, like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a gaudy casino sort of shit. Oh, it actually, it says Fancy here, future shit. It does say here that the Imagineers were inspired by Dryden Voss's space yacht in Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So that's cool. And then there's uh, they got a. I think they have like an actual ride <laughs> or like an attraction. Oh, and they have 
the world of Marvel. This sounds weird. World of Marvel. Avengers Interactive Showcase. It's a first it's called the first ever cinematic dining experience. A superhero mission will transform around you as you eat. That sounds stressful. Um it's, uh, it's, it's, it sounds like medieval times. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh Oh, and these right down here is just guesses. It's Marvel Dinner Theater. It is Marvel Dinner Theater with uh with characters doing things around you. And the maiden voyage is June 2022. Weird. <clears throat> I so, still I don't so they have all this Marvel stuff, all the Star Wars stuff, on top of everything else. That's uh, there's like Frozen shit, and uh, the main ballroom or the main foyer is based on Beauty and the Beast. I don't want to go on a sailing hotel that I can't leave. <laughs> it's so big. It's actually it's really like two hotels. It's a sailing resort, is what it is. They're ridiculous, especially these new big ones that they're making. Definitely the a small old ship from the nineties. Yeah, that after two days, you're like, get me off this fucking this goddamn dinghy. It's so small. But some of these big ones with like goddamn promenades and spiral 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 staircases going down to the casino and shit, and then it's all smoky. You would love the casino. It's so smoky in there. Uh, Things gonna sink. No, I don't know how it's magic. These things don't sink. I throw a penny in the water and it sinks. These things, they have people on them. They're floating. It's so weird. It's wild. It's magic. It's true magic. People just go about their day like magic doesn't exist in this world. Um, Let's get into the streaming wars. We have about 10 minutes or so left here. Drew Cogburn. The YouTube TV app has been removed from Roku devices because they had a deal that lapsed with Google and Google didn't re-up it or pay or come to terms with Roku. And Roku's just like, fuck you. Your your, your app is off our shit. If people have it already downloaded and are using it, Roku's not going to take it away. But you can't find it right now. It's all part of the war, man. You got to pay the piper to get your shit used. And Roku... They've been around since like 2010, even earlier. So they're in enough. They have enough TVs. They have enough devices that if you don't have a deal with them, you're cutting off a decent amount of. Uh, no. Otherwise, people have to like have YouTube TV on their phone and then find a way to cast it or airplay it or all that shit. And sometimes it doesn't work. No. Oh my god, what a pain in the ass all this is. Um, <laughs> it really is, Chris. It really, is. you're right. It's monstrous. It is. It's truly monstrous. Um, Peacock. Said that they signed up 9 million new users Holy this year. fuck. After adding The Office and WWE. Wow. Yeah, 9, nine million people. pretty bonkers. Um, so that's turning out to be fairly successful for NBC Universal so far. Good for them. Meanwhile, HBO, uh, they want more. They need more new signups. They're not getting the bump that they were hoping for with the HBO Max. So mm-hmm. that deal. So they have unveiled a newer, lower cost option. Okay. So it's currently fourteen ninety nine for everything. Yeah. And it's an absurd amount of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean it's I think what what is there anything that's a better deal at fourteen ninety nine for HBO Max? Uh the fact that I got it for eleven ninety nine for the first year, no. I mean that's amazing too. Mm. But I mean a normal cost fourteen ninety nine I think is good. Yeah, that's great. Now there's a new tier. Nine ninety nine will get you HBO Max. Uh Pretty much the same service, but they will add ads to HBO Max programs. If it's just a normal HBO program, then it it's going to be presented to you as normal. If it's an HBO Max programming, then you'll get some ads. Also, 
um, for the rest of this year, and I guess anytime they decide to do it in the future, those theatrical releases where it's in theaters and, and on HBO the exact same day, uh, you don't get access to that mm. at nine ninety nine. I mean, if I was a non-theater goer, I would stay on the... Fourteen ninety nine one, but as a as a moviegoer, I might switch it down. Yeah, because if you're going to go to a theater anyway, like you don't need that service. I mean, I'm seeing as two. What, how long do I have to wait till after my second shot till it's, I'm truly back? Two weeks. Okay, so two weeks. So June, the beginning of June. As long as nothing awesome comes out before the beginning of June, I'm fine. Uh, for the most part, even then, by the time June rolls around, those movies will still be in theaters. Yeah. What's the What's the May HBO movie? That's the thing. I, don't even I think it's The Conjuring Three. Don't care. Yeah, so you're good to go. Um, so it's five dollars cheaper than than what the service currently is. Let's get into some Marvel DC stuff. Marvel. Um, I don't know if, how believable this is, but Anthony Mackie claims that the way he found out about Captain America Four is from a a, a, a clerk at a grocery store. What? That he was in line. Actually, let me just pull the quote here. This feels like weird. Like it's a weird marketing ploy to be like, oh my God, I had no idea. How did he, he must have known. How do you not know? Yeah. I literally found out in a grocery store. The checkout guy named Dwayne, a cool cat, he's like, yo man, is this real? Holds up a cell phone. I'm like, I haven't heard anything. That's what I love about working for Marvel. They call you. They're like, come to LA. We want to tell you what's going on. So I'm excited to see what happens, but I haven't heard anything. So apparently that's how he found out. Interesting. That's weird, right? Yeah. No, oh, 100%. Uh, meanwhile, Kevin Feige talks about working with uh, Academy Award winning Chloe Chow mm-hmm. for Eternals. And uh, this is interesting, actually, what he says here about her particular style working with a Marvel movie. Where is this quote? He, this is him talking to uh, Variety. So apparently this is what they did. Um, they were fighting for practical locations to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And they needed to show something to Disney executives. So they put together a sample reel of Eternal stuff. And this is Kevin Feige describing showing these executives the reel. And he says, I had to keep saying this is right out of a camera. There's no VFX work to this at all. Because it was a beautiful sunset with perfect waves and mist coming up from his shore on this giant cliffside. Really impressive stuff. Uh, Then he goes on to say... That he had the realization, this is not what she wanted to bring to Marvel. This is just a signature style. Like, he thought, oh, she was so insistent on, like, I want to bring this to... And this is after watching Nomadland. Like, she first hires her based on, like, the writer and stuff. And she's like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And he thinks she's just trying to make Marvel, you know, bring something different to it in terms of, oh, you guys haven't done this before. But it's really just her... That's how she makes movies. Yeah, it's just her process. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, she's not thinking about changing anything. Uh, she's just doing it her way. And apparently it's going to be gorgeous. At the very least... I'm, I'm okay with that. At the very least, it's going to be gorgeous. Probably a little sad. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably a little sad. Lo- That's little, all right. A little wistful. A little mournful. Um, DC, Drusa Cogburn, we have cast our first Green Lantern for HBO Max. Okay. All right, we got the Green Lantern core show. Yeah. We're just going to be following a bunch of Green Lanterns. Okay. We cast our first one. You want to take a guess as to... I'm not going to ask you to guess the actor because you'll never get it, but guess as to which particular Lantern... Oh. Like, which of the characters... No, no fucking idea. I mean, I mean, there's only, like, a handful that are that even that popular. No. You want, you can, you want, you no. want, to, throw, you want to throw one out there? No. It's a... Uh, it's, it's not anybody. It's not Stephen Colbert, but... 
John, not John Stewart. It's not John Stewart. Because there's John Stewart. Yeah. There's Hal Jordan. Uh-huh. Who else is there? And the, then whoever the guy after Hal Jordan was, because he's like the most popular, because he's been around the whatever bland white guy replaced Hal Jordan. Was it the bland white guy that yeah. replaced him? Um, the one I remember from the 90s was Guy Gardner. Okay. He had, he had a vest and red hair. He had red hair. He had a bowl cut red hair. Yeah. And he was like the tough guy one with the he leather had, jacket. He had a vest, yeah. So that's the one that they cast. Okay. They have a Guy Gardner. And it's, that's a, fine. And it's this dude, what's his name? Finn Whitrock, who's been in some American Horror Story stuff. And he's just like handsome white guy. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but they're doing it. It's happening. This Green Lantern show is fucking happening. And that is crazy. We have a few minutes left. We're going to wrap it up with the final section. Old is new, Drew. These are all the old things that are coming back. You know how it is. Cycles. What is it now? It's 2020. So that means we really should be getting into early 2000s nostalgia, technically, right? Because it's about 20 years ago. I guess that's happening. We're seeing uh, more stuff like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. They're popping up and things. You notice that? Not really. You haven't, they haven't popped up in your... No. Any of your commercials or anything? They just popped up in like a progressive commercial? No, no, a progressive insurance one. Not one that was like for gay rights or anything. Um, Stephen King's Stand By Me. Getting getting re-released. Okay. Uh, In theaters this year, it's it's 35th, 40th anniversary, 35 year anniversary. So uh, if you didn't get a seat in theaters ever... On the big screen, now's a chance to uh, see a dead body. Yeah. And Kiefer Sullivan? Kiefer Sullivan. Yeah. The 90s rock music scene is coming back to TV, Juicy Cogburn. Okay. All right, I hope you're ready for this. Uh, the name of the series is Long Live the 90s. It's a multi-party event. And uh, it's curated performances coming from bands like Pearl Jam, Rage Against the Machine, and Soundgarden. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Cool. So, so they got they got Soundgarden back together. Uh, I guess maybe. Because yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see. Because they haven't done. Well, stuff. Uh, well, I know they got. I know Rage Against the Machines back together. Right. Fully though. Yeah. All of them. Zach. They don't have a replacement bassist. I don't. I that don't, that giant white guy. I have no idea. I know Zach's back though because they're doing the uh, Run the Jewels tour. Zach's back, baby. Long live the '90s. Will air on. Axis TV, A-X-S TV. I don't know what that is. It will launch May 9th. Sure. Uh, new episodes, Sunday nights. Interesting. Uh, so the 90s are back. Baby! I mean, I'd rather just watch uh, those MTV Unplugs and call it a day. Those are good. Those are some good unplugs, man. Goddamn Nirvana sat down to 13 songs in one take. Greatest acoustic album of all time. It's so good. I mean, the Alice in Chains one is pretty good, too. That is a good one, too. But that, <laughs> but that one, though, they, they do. Uh, Lane Sully does fuck up a couple times. A couple well, because, I mean, he's on drugs, he's so... <laughs> I think he, may, he, may, he may have been clean like during those days, like that, yeah. that, that couple of weeks there. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows with his personal battle? He was the type of... Uh, they found him... He was, like, dead for days when they discovered yeah. his body. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, because he was the type of guy who you wouldn't talk to him for days because he was a fucking strung out. Mm-hmm. That sucks. No. Yeah, it sucks. That's what happens when you're, I mean, you know, the, the weight of the talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Some people just aren't made for fame. Not like us. I'm, or built for it. Oh, no, I would be even, you, you give, give me money and social pressure? Yeah, no, straight to drugs. No social pressure. 
And why why do you need that to go straight to drugs? Let's go straight to drugs now. <laughs> let's, let's do drugs. What are we waiting for? Uh, Citizen Kane's Rotten Tomato score has been dinged down to 99%. Okay. Uh, and it's not some new, like, snarky critic who's like, actually, I don't think this movie is that good. It's uh, an old Chicago Tribune review that got dug up. And when you read it, it's kind of, eh, it's a little murky. It could be, it's like a, right in the middle. No. So they decided to log it under Rotten and uh, put it at 99%. And now everyone's like, oh, shit. Nope. What happened to Citizens Citizens Kane? Nobody cares. But no one cares. Uh, it's a it's a it's a rating on a website. Yeah. Who f- gives it's, two fucks? The the more interesting thing is actually the origin of the actual review. So it's a Chicago Tribune review, and it's written by uh, May Tanay M A E T I N E E. Uh, smash those two words together. You have matinee. Mm-hmm. It's a pseudonym. Yeah. Anyone could have written this review. Well. Chicago Tribune ran these anonymous reviews essentially uh, under newspaper for decades um, before they started attaching real names to mm-hmm. people's real names to their shit. So uh, this was published May 7, 1941. And it's not even like, it's not even that bad a review when you read it. It's fine. It's just, uh, you know what they keep pointing out though? Like how it's such a technical marvel of a movie. No. And it's like, all oh, it, it, it runs to gargantuan sets and arty photography, shadowy and spooky. Uh, but I mean, that all sounds fun to me, right? Don't yeah. you want to see movies well, I, at that? At the do time, that? yeah. I mean, now it's like, you know, everybody does that shit. Yeah, now, well, yeah, now it's, it's like... Just, a, it's movies. Now it's like a goddamn uh, Zelgens commercial has mm-hmm. the same kind of movie tricks. Yeah. Director Wells, who also authored Citizen Kane with the help of Herman J. McAvich, proves a zealous and effective performer in the title role. <laughs> I mean, he even likes him. Has excellent support from the Mercury players. Anyway. I can't believe they were running anonymous reviews on their fucking newspaper. That's some bullshit, man. That could have been you, Chris. I, I could have been me. I could have been May Tanay. Well, I mean, not not in nineteen forties. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's bring it back. Let's bring back May Tanay for well, the Orlando Sentinel. Well, you'd have to bring back newspapers first. That's what well, May Tanay is. Just had a resurgence on OrlandoSentinel.com. They have a they have a Twitter and everything. Come on, we can we can do it online. Oh, that reminds me, I have a newspaper to read. <laughs> I ain't got time for that shit. Okay, this is the end of the episode. Drew, so thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, come back next week for episode 435, in which we'll talk about the first new movies of May. The summer season has begun. Will there be a summer movie season this year? We'll see. I guess we're going to see. Uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Kill your masters. Eat more vegetables. Bye-bye. A PFT Media Production.